You're listening to the Harvest Christian Fellowship Weekend Message Podcast. To learn more about our community, like what we believe and how you can take a next step, visit us online at hcfcornwall.ca or join us for one of our services this weekend, Sunday mornings at 9.15 or 11 here at 847 York Street. Just like that. (laughs) Oh, goodness. We're having too much fun. What did you think of that Christmas bumper? Are you kidding me? Hallmark, eat your heart out. Wow. Oh, my goodness. I'm excited to see that. I haven't seen it. I play a little role in it, but I haven't seen it yet. I can't wait till next Sunday night to watch that. I just want to welcome Harold and Suzanne. They got married yesterday afternoon. Give us a big wave. Yeah, they got married. Your family's here with you today. We just want to welcome you. I didn't spend my honeymoon at church, just saying. I just... (laughs) Hey, have you had this happen yet where you put your mask on and it's on for a second and you realize the smell inside is not your own and you've gone and put somebody else's mask on? Has that happened to anybody else? Happened to me this week. Oh, my gosh, that's awful. And then you start going, Who's, whose mask is this? And, ugh. yeah, just a moment, just a moment. I'm just sharing with you a little moment there. I do think God wants to touch some hearts today. We're going to look at the word. And I think he wants to continue to touch some bodies and some minds today, too. I felt like uh, there's somebody here today, or maybe you're online today with asthma, uh, specifically uh, anxiety-induced asthma. You have a puffer, and uh, don't, 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 do, don't throw your buffer away. <laughs> but just begin to monitor when your stress levels are coming up that you can breathe. And that's God just opening your lungs, Holy Spirit just blasting into your lungs. Uh, his, his own medicine, I just feel like God's touching asthma. I feel like uh, there's someone here that has really been dealing uh, with about, it's, it's not a short-term, but a long-term sleepless nights, specifically um, I, I know what night terrors are for children, and it's not necessarily night terror. In a, this is for an adult, um, but there is a lot of anxiety. In fact, you do not look forward uh, to the to the nighttime. And I really feel like God's going to set you free. You're going to have a story to tell of uh, sleeping soundly, and uh, and your dream life actually changing. God wants to just come in and set your mind free uh, from those kinds of things. I just believe God is doing those kinds of things as we've seen in the testimonies. He's not done with psoriasis uh, and the other things that get called out. You just, if that's your condition, you believe God. Um, There's some, uh, this is, (laughs) I argued with the Holy Spirit on this one. Uh, I said, I will not. He said, yes, you will. I said, I will not. He said, yes, you will. Uh, There's somebody dealing with pain specifically in your toes. I think it's a big toe. Um, and it's, it's, it, there's like, it, there's some significant pain. I don't know if you're online or in the room. Uh, if that is you, uh, please let me know. Uh, so, uh, I can have that conversation with the Holy Spirit after. All right. Cause he said you're here or online and, uh, just foot pain specifically in the toe area been causing, uh, issues for you. God just wants to touch that and heal that. All right. How you doing? You having fun? We're having fun at church. Uh, This is great. I want to talk to you about retrofitting your faith uh, for finances. And uh, uh, in uh, Genesis chapter 22, verse 14, 
We learned of another name of God. We learned about God, the healer, uh, Jehovah Rapha. And this is uh, Abraham called the place Jehovah Jireh, uh, which means the Lord will provide. God said he is a provider. I'd like to do a couple of weeks uh, this week and next week about faith, retrofitting our faith for finances. And then we're going to... uh, we're going to have a couple of weeks that are Christmas-themed, uh, and then we're going to come into the new year, retrofit your prayer life. We're just going to believe God uh, to increase all of our prayer lives, not necessarily in time, spiritual discipline. Sometimes we're like, okay, we're just going to work out harder in prayer. No, I believe God wants to energize. He wants you to begin to see the power of prayer in your life. He wants to use you in prayer, and uh, we're going to be talking about that throughout the month of January. Uh, but... Uh, Here we are. God is a provider. God cares for us. God looks after us. It is his nature. It is his name. He is the provider. Jesus does a teaching in Luke chapter 12, and uh, people people are kind of worried about their finances. They've been talking to Jesus about difficulty. I don't know if they got the latest uh, installment from the government or not, how that was working in Jesus' time. But he began to talk to them about not worrying about provision. Say worry. We have a lot to worry about or not. And Jesus' voice this morning about caring for us and caring for our finances, if we trust him to do that, we've been talking about faith as a relational-based trust. If God cares so wonderfully for the flowers, (laughs) the birds, as the scripture would go on. But here, the flowers that are here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow, he will certainly, he will certainly care for you. And another, uh, another portion, how much more will he care for you if we trust him to do that? Jesus said, why do you have so little faith? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for what you're doing already in worship, Lord, as I just sensed uh, those songs calling to our hearts Lord, to come to you. I pray for that person here today, maybe a first time or maybe just new to harvest, but didn't know that your arms are open wide. You opened them on Calvary's cross, inviting the world to come just as we are, to receive your love, to receive your compassion, to receive your forgiveness. Father, thank you today. Bless us now uh, as we listen. Lord, as you want to set finances free today, you want to become somebody's provider. Lord, we just pray these things now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. So today, let's retrofit our faith, our trust in God for finances. I want to tell you the story of Israel's exit from Egypt, their exodus. It's the name of the second book of the Bible. Genesis is the first book. Exodus is the second book. And I I want to walk through this morning this story uh, because it'll help us retrofit our faith for our finances, trusting the promise of provision. So as we learned about faith, what is faith? Faith is, is there a promise? Yes, God has promised us uh, provision. And uh, is he capable? Yes, he's capable. Is he faithful? Yes, he's faithful. And so as we retrofit our faith, I want you to apply it. To every area, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 tells us that the story of the Old Testament is recorded for us so that we can learn, we can grow. So we close the book, first book of the Bible, Genesis. We close that book with about 70 people in Jacob's clan. His name has changed to Israel. Prophetically, Israel, the nation. They weren't a nation at this point. They are a clan, about 70 people in the family reunion. And they're in the nation of Egypt. 
And as the story closes in Genesis and opens in Exodus, 430 years has gone by, for almost four and a half centuries. And the group of people called Israel, the clan of Jacob, has now grown to between two and three million people. But they're a slave nation. They've been held in slavery by uh, a tyranny of Egypt's Pharaoh. Uh, Pharaoh gives them food. He gives them clothes to wear, and he kind of cares for them as a master would care for slaves, but they are doing all of the slave labor of the nation of uh, Egypt. Everybody has a slave in Egypt. You have a Jewish person as a slave in your home. The men are given the task of building the pyramids and doing whatever Pharaoh would want them to do, but God had a different plan for that nation. He was going to set them free. Say free talking about freedom today, talking about our finances being free. So God chooses a man, his name is Moses, to be the deliverer of his people. And God gives Moses a promise. He said there's going to be a new land. In fact, that land, God described it as flowing with milk and honey. That sounds like prosperity to me. That sounds like blessing to me, that God would use these words that where they would live would be so fruitful, would be so bountiful. It would, it would be so the opposite of slavery and what was in Egypt. They would be given a new citizenship. They would have their own land to live in. God would take care of them in that land. God said, I'll care for you the way a parent cares for his own child. And so God intersects the path of Moses at a burning bush. And uh, in the desert, uh, bushes would burn just because it was so dry. But this one was unusual because it wasn't burning down. It was supernatural. It, it drew Moses' attention. The supernatural tends to do that. It causes people to stop and look. And, and God called Moses closer to the burning bush and began to speak to him about what he wanted to do. He downloaded his plan. To Moses. Now, it would take too long to rehearse all of what's happening in Exodus, but I want to point out these areas uh, as we kind of walk through this story of how the financial position of this nation is central, right in the middle of everything that is going on. Watch this now. God speaks to Moses at the burning bush, and he says this, and it shall be that when you go, now there are ways from going. They're a waste. This is a dream. They've been in slavery for 430 years. They've dreamt about freedom. They've dreamt about a day that God would show up and fulfill his promises. He says, and it shall be that when you go, and he plants that seed in Moses' heart, he said that you will not go empty-handed. Look at your hands today. Empty-handed. The, the, the hands being full symbolize prosperity and blessing. I want you to know today that God doesn't want you to be empty-handed. There's nothing in the Scriptures that somehow elevates poverty. In fact, the Bible says that Jesus was anointed uh, to give good news to the poor. I wonder what kind of good news you would tell a poor person. Well, I know what the good news is. You won't be empty-handed. Sometimes people get nervous when we kind of mix the gospel with this idea of blessing for finances. I don't get nervous. Don't get nervous. We have a God that's our Father. We have a God that wants to provide. We have a God that says, I don't want you to be empty-handed. I want to fill your hands with supply. So he says, you will not be empty-handed. 
But every woman shall ask of her neighbor, namely, of, of her who dwells near her house, articles of silver, articles of gold, and clothing, and you will plunder the Egyptians. Well, it wasn't an easy task for Moses, working for God, to get Pharaoh to be convinced that he should just let the people go. There are ten plagues that come to the nation of Egypt as God says, I'm God and you're not. And he has to uh, uh, bring a judgment on Egypt because they will not acknowledge his voice and what he's saying about his people. Finally, they get the message. And they are prepared to release and let God's people go. And so, in accordance with the Scriptures, the people started going. Now, think of this. I've been working uh, uh, as a slave in a house. Maybe I'm the, I'm the, cook, uh, the cook or I'm the cleaner. And uh, I have to uh, go to the lady that I've been serving in that house, and uh, I've really liked her earrings. I've really, uh, in fact, I snuck into her dressing room one day. Uh, I'm speaking on behalf of the ladies in the room. I don't like earrings. Uh, just relate with me. Go with me in the story now, ladies in the room. And uh, you've been called on to serve your mistress, and uh, you've tried her earrings on more than once because they just look so beautiful in her ears. She thought, if I could only have a set of earrings just like that. And the instructions of Moses is, when the time comes, you go ask her, and she'll give them to you. Now think of uh, how much courage it would have taken. But here we read about it in Exodus chapter 12. Now the children of Israel had done according to the word of Moses, and they had asked from the Egyptians articles of silver, articles of gold, and clothing. The Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, so that they granted them what they requested. Thus, they plundered the Egyptians. Ma'am, do you think I could have those diamond earrings? Yes, here, here you go. Do you think I could have your gold goblet? Yes, here you go. Do you think I could have your Louis Vuitton? Absolutely. Why don't you put all the stuff inside the Louis and fill it up? There was this, this, just this, the Egyptians not even seemingly knowing what they were doing, but giving their wealth, a transfer of wealth from the Egyptians into the hands of of God's people, these slaves. Now, I want you to consider this thought because it's, it's, as we walk through this, so central to this story, so central as the picture as we understand that the leaving of Egypt symbolizes our leaving the world of sin and leaving the taskmaster of Satan, embracing our destiny and moving to the land of blessing uh, in the kingdom of God, the land flowing with milk and honey. But if you've been in a slave country, or you're, in a, you're, a, you're a slave nation in a country of wealth, you have nothing, your hands are empty, you have nothing, say nothing. Now you have everything. I want you to, you've got, you've got to see this, you've got to understand what God's doing here. If you were that man that was sent off to build the pyramids and you could feel the whip of one of Pharaoh's managers on your back because you weren't working hard enough. And the guy's not even breaking a sweat because two other people that are Jewish people are fanning him while he stands in the shade, barking orders while you are moving uh, huge rocks into place to build the pyramids. Or you're in somebody's home cooking their dinner. And the thought is going through your mind the way the thought goes through anybody's mind who's empty-handed. And the thought going through their mind day in and day out for 430 years was, if I had their money, 
If I had their money, I wouldn't be in this position. If I had more money, I could be rich like them and have some slaves of my own. If only I had more. Yeah, you've thought it, haven't you? We've all thought it, that more money would bring us uh, uh, happiness. Somebody has said, well, it doesn't hurt. (laughs) More money. Uh, It's quiet in here. That was funny. That was supposed to be. I know I'm talking about finances. You get so nervous when I do this. This is going to be good. Yeah, thanks, Raj. The lie of any world system is if I had more money, all of my difficulties would be taken care of. There wasn't one person who called out to Jesus in need of healing that Jesus turned around and said, hey, I just want to bless you with some more money. Go home and continue being blind. (laughs) Continue being deaf. No. No, money is not the answer to everything. In fact, it's not the answer at all. Jesus is the answer. But this morning, we need to understand that we live in a world that has an economy, that has money, and has philosophy about that money, that if you just have more of it, you will be better off. And God wants to deal with that thought and that lie right off the bat with his people. And so he sends his people into the desert, a wilderness, a place where Egypt's money, Egypt's philosophies, Egypt's currency, there are no 7-Elevens, there are no depanneurs, there is no place to spend the gold, to spend the silver, to even wear uh, uh, my fancy clothes or to show off my Louis to anybody. I can't do that because I'm in the desert. There is no place to buy and sell. There is nothing for commerce except for a God who makes food show up out of the ground. There is a, a God who causes water to pour out of rocks. There's a God who causes uh, Saint-Hubert chicken to fly through the air and land on the camp so that they could have quail to eat. And God was showing his people, I will take care of you. You have suitcases full of gold. You have suitcases full of silver. But your heart isn't to embrace them. I'm going to show you what you'll do with that. But it's not to get out of problems and trouble. I will do that. Suitcases full of money. What are we going to do with it? And they're just dragging it through the wilderness. Well, during this story that I'm unfolding for you, as they're learning to trust God, remember God had a promise. They're learning he's faithful. They're not doing well with it, by the way. They're having a tough time learning to trust God. Moses goes up on the mountain to get the Ten Commandments. God's going to give uh, his expectations of how they're to embrace his promises and a lifestyle of serving him. While Moses is up on the mountain, he takes a little longer than the people expected. Have you ever been trusting God and God took a little longer than you wanted him to, to meet the need? Is there anybody else in the room that gets a little nervous when God just seems to take too long? God, you're taking too long. God, you're taking too long. And in that moment, we just figure we'll help God out a little bit. We'll, we'll just figure it out. Hey, and then we might even say, bless God. Glory to God. God came through for me. No, he didn't. You took matters into your own hands. I've done it. You've done it. It doesn't work out well. 
Now when the people saw that Moses delayed coming down from the mountain, the people gathered together to Aaron and said to him, Come, make us gods that, we sh- that will go before us. They're going back to what they learned in Egypt. Make us Egyptian gods. For as for this Moses, the man who brought us out of the land of Egypt, uh, we don't know what's become of him. <laughs> yeah, yesterday we trusted in that. Today we don't. We don't trust that anymore. He's taking too long. And Aaron said to them, cooperating with this foolishness, break off the golden earrings which are in your ears of your wives. Where did those earrings come from? They came from their Egyptian maid uh, masters. They didn't have any earrings. Remember, they were empty-handed. Say empty-handed. God said, I don't want you to be empty-handed. I'm going to fill your hands with what the world has as treasure and what the world calls wealth. And so they're going to get to spend it for the very first time. They're going to get to use some of their money. Watch how they use it. Aaron said to them, break off the golden earrings which are in the ears of your wives, your sons, and your daughters, and bring them to me. And so all the people broke off the golden earrings which were in their ears and brought them to Aaron. And they received the gold from their hand. He received the gold. There was a transaction. There was a transaction. I give you gold. What were they getting? In return, he fashioned it and made a molded calf, a symbol of the ox, a symbol of the strength of Egypt. Egypt said the ox is strong, and we can trust the ox, and we will worship the God of the strength of the ox. And they said, this is your God, O Israel, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And they changed their allegiance. And where did that calf come from? It came from their money. What they're really saying is when God takes too long, we are going to take the resources from Egypt, we're going to use the money that's in our hands, and we're going to give money the credit for getting us out of Egypt, the Egyptian gold and Egyptian thinking. That's really what got us to where we are. Come on, if we're really going to be honest, it's not God who got us here. It's our money that got us here. I like money. My hands are full of money. I'm using my money. Because it's a strong spirit. It just is a strong spirit that lies and says your money can advance you. Your money will look after you. You need to work harder and get more money. God and Moses have a conversation about it on the mountain because God can see it. Moses can't. God says, Moses, you need to go down and deal with this very difficult situation. People are in a mess. In fact, I think I'm going to kill them all. Yep, God says, yeah, I've decided. I'm wiping them all out. We're starting over again. Moses begins to pray to God and say, God, don't do that. And appeals to God's mercy and his grace and his forgiveness. And I love it that when God's people, any person is deservant of being killed because we're not God and we are sinners and we get it wrong, that even though God's wrath could be on us, instead there is an intercessor named Jesus who said, Father, a deliverer named Jesus, just like Moses, who says, Father, don't give them what they deserve. Come on, I'll pay the price. Turn your judgment. Turn your wrath. Turn your anger on me on the cross, Jesus said, so that Jesus' arms were open so that God could say, come, like we sang this morning, come to the place everybody And that was exactly what it was. And God relented. And God said, make a way. And so God forgives his people and renews his promise 
renews the promise. Because God was like, I'm done with this. He says, no, my compassion, my mercy. And he renews the promise. Say promise. We're talking about finances. I want you to see it's woven all through this story. Finances aren't just an addition. It's not just something. It is central to who we are as the people of God. The Lord replied, listen, I'm making a covenant. Say covenant. That's a promise that God is saying, if I break my promise, you can kill me. I'll let you kill me if I break the promise. Well, since you can't kill God, this is a pretty sure thing. Say sure thing. Come on online. Are you there with me this morning? I hope you're tracking. I know it's tedious. We're working through this story, but I want it'll come together. I want you to see this. I'm making a covenant with you in the presence of all the people. I will perform miracles that have never been performed anywhere in all the earth or in any nation, and all the people around you will see the power of the Lord, the awesome power I will display for you. The promise of God was, I am a supernatural God. I have a Holy Spirit that I've sent to the earth. Jesus, when he ascended, the Holy Spirit came down. We are a Holy Spirit church. We believe in the power and the promise of God. Come on, somebody. God said, I'm going to display my power. I'm going to display it. It's not just I rescued you from sin out of Egypt, but I'm putting you into a promised land with the promise of power and a promise of provision and a promise of healing and a promise that I'm your father and I will take care of you and I will walk with you and people will see it and say, can I come meet your God too? God made a promise. He renewed the promise. <laughs> God began to outline the expectations. We're going to look at that. Right after he renews the promise, he says something about a lamb and a donkey, and I want you to give me the first one. I'm going to talk to you next week about the first, giving God your first. It's a way to keep our hearts open and trusting. While we hold the wealth and God wants to fill your hands with wealth, literally, but keep our hearts open and generous. Watch this. They get to spend money again. This, the first time they did it on their own, they made a calf. The second time, they're going to get to spend money. They've never, there's no place to spend money. Why would you go into the wilderness with suitcases of money? God's teaching them a principle. I'll fill your hands if you open your heart. I will fill your hands if you open your heart. I will fill your hands supernaturally if you will open your heart. Look at this. Then Moses said to the whole community of Israel, this is what the Lord has commanded. Take a sacred offering for the Lord. Let those with generous hearts, let those with generous hearts, generous hearts, present the following gifts to the Lord, gold, silver, bronze, Blue, purple, and scarlet thread, fine linen, and goat hair. Could I have the team come on the platform? We're going to shift here in a second. He said, what I filled your hands with coming out of Egypt, I now want you to give it back to me. I want you to know that you're not, I want you to learn not to clutch it with your hands. It's in your hands, but it's in your hands to expand my kingdom. I'll do that as you give it to the house of God. The house of God being the central place where God's people together see the expansion of God's rule and reign on planet earth. And it involves finances. It involves God people receiving in the hands. He doesn't want you to be empty handed, but to release it with your heart. 
to hold it with your hands and release it with your heart. We get into trouble when we hold finances in our hearts. And that's what God wanted to teach them. And it's what he wants to teach us. And so the whole community of Israel left Moses and returned to the tents. They went home. All those whose hearts were stirred and whose spirits were moved came and brought the sacred offering to the Lord. That means not everybody came back with an offering. I don't read that God struck anybody dead because they didn't come back with an offering. God said, I want to teach you something about giving. You cannot, under compulsion, teach people to give. We'll celebrate 18 years here at Harvest in March. It has been the greatest privilege of my life to pastor this house, to see God's generosity in your hearts become generous. When we left upstate New York, I'm Canadian, but we, st we had a 12-year stint, and we knew we were coming to a town that had been beat up, a town that had known uh, economic downturn. Uh, it had, I can remember being in a service uh, back in the um, late 80s, early 90s in a church here in this town. They'd asked me to come in and minister. And I began to minister prophetically about how God was going to turn this city around and turn the economy around. I believed it in my heart. God hadn't called Christina and I to come yet. I like your jean jacket, by the way. Um, we didn't dress together today. She went out first really early this morning at 7, just after 7 to come and get ready for the service. And uh, God hadn't spoken to us about coming yet. We thought we were going back to southwestern Ontario after our stint in upstate was done. God began as I'm in that service just to prophesy that. Two days later, the front page of the paper here in Cornwall was the, the Levi plant had closed, one of the last of the cotton mills. We watched, we've watched the city turn. And those of you that have been with us, have we've been praying and believing God to turn the economy of a, of a city, to take it from being a beat-up city. There's more, uh, there's more building going on. And there's more commerce going on. But more than uh, about 20 years ago, when God spoke to our hearts about coming, he gave us a two-year lead time. I remember praying. I hadn't told you yet because I knew you'd be scared to come to Cornwall. <laughs> Because we kind of said, God, Cornwall, really, really, God? God said, son, if you will believe that you're not just going to plant a church, but I'll plant your family there, and you'll see a transformation of a city. I said, God, we'll sign up for that. And God said to me, son, listen. I said, Lord, I'm a little concerned because it takes money to, to build churches and to do these things. And we're going in grassroots, and we're going among a people that there's no middle class in Cornwall. It doesn't exist. There's an upper class and there's a lower class. But demographically, there's no middle class in this city. Lord, how? How will we do this? And I remember the Lord saying to me, Son, you do like Moses. It's your job to stir their hearts. It's your job to stir their hearts. And they'll be moved and they'll bring the offerings. We've watched God stir your hearts over these years. I've never, under compulsion that I'm aware of, and if I've done it, I apologize. It's never been my intention to, under compulsion or under the law of the Old Testament, 
bring on you a heavy yoke of giving or bring on you that if you don't give to God, God will kill you, curse you or all of these kinds of things that thoughts that people kind of under compulsion. But what I have done unapologetically is told you that if you will believe in the God who has promised provision that he will stir your heart and if you will allow your heart to be stirred in the area of finances and bring them to the house of God and be generous in your heart I can promise you that God will begin to release into your hands what you've never seen before. He doesn't want you to be empty-handed. And He wants to change this region by a generous people. $3,000 was dropped into the hearts of people just for Christmas time. I could go on and on. We've purchased buildings that were impossible to purchase. We've done renovations that were impossible to but God's people brought generous offerings to the house of God. Their, their hearts were stirred. They were moved, and they brought the sacred offering. I love it, sacred offering. Because God took the philosophy of Egypt, the money of Egypt, and he redeemed it and said, now it is sacred. Now it's going to save souls. Now it's going to cause a uh, supernatural provision pipeline to happen. They brought all the materials needed for the tabernacle, for the performance of its rituals, all of the things necessary to set up the house of God. They brought to the Lord their offerings of gold, brooches, earrings, rings from their fingers and necklaces, and they presented gold objects of every kind as a special offering to the Lord. I only want you bringing offerings. Next week we're going to talk about a systematic, kind of weekly approach to this called tithing. And I want to explain it to you from this portion of Scripture because it's right in the context. He said, come with a willing, open, generous heart. Jesus told his disciples in Luke chapter 16, he said, you cannot serve God and mammon. In some of your translations it says money. It's not a good translation. It's mammon. Mammon was the God of the Syrian, the Syrian God of wealth. Jesus was saying, you can't serve money and God. You've got to let go of one and embrace the other. If you let go of the power and the lies of money that say, the lie of mammon, the spirit of mammon that says, you just need more of me and you'll be taken care of. And instead, take a hold of God and say, God, no matter what, I'm going to trust you. You're my provider. Would you stand with us this morning? We're going to pray. Believe God for some needs. Next week, we'll uh, just kind of uh, close this part, uh, this topic up a little bit. I hope your heart was stirred today. I want to encourage you as we come into 2020, if you're not a giver, that you will consider and pray about and see if God would stir you, stir your heart, open your heart to release what's in your hands. You say, Pastor, I only have a little bit in my hands. That's right. It's not how much you give. It's the Spirit of giving. I just want to do one more thing before Christina begins to pray for so many needs that are here represented online and in the room. If you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, you've never made the decision to receive God's gift of eternal life, to have your sins forgiven. The Bible says just like for 430 years, a people that knew about God 
but were trapped in slavery because they had not been delivered. They hadn't listened to the voice of Moses saying, come on, I know the way out of here. Today I want to tell you that Jesus knows the way out of your sin, knows the way out of a life that you may be wondering, isn't there more than this? There's got to be more to life than this. I have good news for you. There is. It's a life with Jesus. Today, simply you just have to receive it and say, yes, I'll take that. If that's you today, you've never asked Jesus to come into your life to receive the gift of eternal life. I'd like to invite you to pray a short prayer with me. If you're online, I want to invite you to do this. If you're in the room and that's you, I'd just like to know who you are before I pray for you today. Would you slip your hand up and say, include me in the prayer, Pastor Roy? Include me in today's prayer. I want to receive Jesus. Is there anyone in the room? I'm just going to wait for a minute. In five, in four, three, two, and one. Let's pray this prayer. If you're online, if you've never asked Jesus, today's your day. Today's the day of the rest of your life to spend uh, knowing his love. Dear Jesus, thank you that you love me and you want to set me free. Lord, come into my life. Forgive my sin. I live for you. Amen. I believe you prayed that prayer for the very first time. You're born again, and he's setting you free today. God bless you. How awesome. If you received Jesus this morning, man, you made the best, the best decision ever. We got a lot of prayer. I just think more and more prayer requests are yeah, coming in yeah, every pray. single week. And um, we just want to keep praying and pressing and um, retrofitting. Yeah, Come on, retrofit. regardless of what it is, we're retrofitting. Come on. Father, we just want to reach Lord. out to you this morning, Let's God, on behalf morning, of these prayer requests. The Father, prayer. we're praying for Barb Jackson this morning, God, yes, that you Lord. will just healing for bronchitis and, and for all related symptoms, God. We yes, just pray Lord. right now, God, that you will just touch Barbara Jackson this morning, yes, Father. Lord. I just pray healing over her body, God, yes, over over everything, the symptoms, God. Yes, Father, Jesus. I'm just con- yes, we're Lord. continuing to press him for Caitlin or God this morning for her spine, God. Yes, we're just believing God for a full healing, God. What you have started, you will finish, God. We're just believing for that, Father. We pray for Caitlin this morning, God, for John Hamilton, God, praying that he can get Sundays off so he can attend church, God. You can fix That's the right. schedule, God. God, you schedule. can just change that schedule so he can be here and and in in the house, God, for Ryan, for uh, his father who has terminal cancer, no pain during the progression of the disease. God, we don't only pray for no pain. God, we pray for complete healing, God. Terminal one, terminal two, God, terminal that there's no healing. God, you can heal anything. It doesn't matter what the physicians say. God, you're the ultimate physician, God. And we're praying for healing of cancer this morning. Father, we're praying for Sandra Rogue. Uh, We're praying for comfort as she has had a a loss of someone close to her this morning. God, I pray for comfort, God, because you are the ultimate comforter, God. I just pray that she will feel your arms around her this morning, Father. And and just that comfort in knowing, God, she is resting on you, Jesus. And resting in you, Jesus. Father, we're praying for friends and family that are battling cancer. God, I pray against cancer. That word, Jesus. That you can just heal cancer. God, you can instantaneously take it, God. And regardless of what it looks like or how bleak it seems, God. We're praying for family marriages and sons. God, all marriages, all families. God, all kids this morning. Because, God, there is an attack this morning on families and marriages and children, God. And I'm coming against it this morning. 
Father, we just want to pray for Tammy and Frannick that you will continue what you have started there, Father. Yes, yes, Mental yes. health and depression, God, we come against yeah, this. We God, week after week after Thank week you, against depression and mental health. God, I break it off this yes, morning. Father, I pray peace into situations. God, I pray comfort into situations. God, I pray just that you will just let them rest, God, in you. Peace, Father. Rest. Sleepful. Just sleepful nights that the enemy will not attack your nights. The enemy will not attack sleep, but God, you will just put peace in those situations. Healing from a bulging disc. God, I just pray right now for that disc. Whoever it is, God, that they will sense the heat of your healing, God, Father, that you can heal this disc. And Father, for steady jobs. God, right now, where nothing is steady, but God, I pray for jobs. I pray for income. I pray for for just security, for provision, God. Just provide, God. Father, where we're trusting, God, that you are just providing over and over again. God, you've heard all these prayers. Requesting God and any that we have missed, God, you see them. That's right. And God, you know them. And Father, we just pray for all of these, God, and that you will just continue what you are doing, God, and keep retrofitting us, God, because we all need to be retrofitted. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, I I know I know you've got some more things that you're gonna walk us through, but um I, I have to do this. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Tammy types in, you mentioned toes. I have daily pain in my toes. Tammy, just start wiggling. She's online. Just wiggle your toes right now. We're believing for that healing. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you even care about our toes. That's awesome. (laughs) That's awesome. I'm believing for a thumb. And you know what? Every day we say, Yeah, yeah, you you have that. Causes a lot of discomfort. God wants to heal that. So you know what? Keep pressing. Keep walking on your healing. You're already healed even if God hasn't shown it to you yet. Just receive it. That's right. Come on. I love that bumper video this morning. I mean, you guys are in for a treat. It really... Christmas, the Christmas, yeah. Yeah, that Christmas yeah. bumper. It was just amazing. Uh, Karen, uh, we said yesterday, she sent it to us, and we said, that's as good as Hallmark. Oh, yeah, better. The Hallmark movie. Yeah. But you know what? Make sure it, it a lot of work has gone into yeah. it. Next and Sunday, share it with yeah. your friends. It'll it's help point awesome. them to come to our Christmas service as well. Yeah, I'm excited about that, too. Uh, me, too. Uh, what can you do if you have a prayer request? Text it in, phone it in, uh, smoke, smoke signal it in. Just get your, get your prayer request. Send it on the screen. Hey, we just want to believe with you you. pray with you. And we're going to register for next week. Do you know on the 20th, both services are full? They're already full. Yeah, but we're having another one. Yeah, thank you to the Dream Team for making that possible, being willing to come back. Give that, just give a hand right now to the Dream Team. Come on. Sunday night, the 20th service, three services yeah. for Christmas. You know, it's all those people behind the scene that yep. you don't see. Man, they're just killing it from per, from yep. um, camera job. operators in their hair Sunday after Sunday. Yep. So um, make sure, I think there is room for 6 o'clock, so make sure you go out and register so you can be here on the 20th. Yep. Or if you want to change to the evening, that's preferable for you. You can do that, but do that quickly so somebody can take yeah. your morning spot. Do you know, we have people waiting on a Sunday morning to see if someone's not going to yeah. come so they can yeah. jump in that spot. So make sure you register for next week. Upstairs, downstairs, please go online and register. Um, we are following all the, the Ministry of Health guidelines, and uh, we want you here. We want you online. Uh, well, Harvest. We are done our service today. We just want to give a shout out to you for being you. We love you. you. Thanks for coming. And we'll see you back next week. Our prayer team's here if you'd like prayer today. Social distance if you would like.